Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Living, where we make the holidays holy days. And welcome to part five of our series, Making Our Joy Complete. This is how we've been celebrating all week, the week of joy. Talking about each one of those times in the Bible where it says that our joy can be made complete. So we've talked about four so far. The first one being that Jesus makes our joy complete, the coming of Jesus and Him alone. Number two, we talked about answered prayer, making our joy complete. Number three, we talked about loving one another, making our joy complete. And number four, we talked about sharing, sharing with other people, spreading the joy is what makes our joy complete. And today we're gonna to talk about our fifth and final concept. And that is gonna be found in Philippians 2, of course. I'm sure you've been waiting for this because this is the actual one that I always think of. I don't know if it's because I I memorized this one. It could have been that, that it just pops into my brain. But this is the one that I could remember off the top of my head is in Philippians 2, verse 2. But let's talk about, let's start in verse 1. Let's read. Therefore, if, any, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. And this is what makes our joy complete. Unity makes our joy complete. You know, I love how it starts this and this is why I wanted to read it because it's just this is how I interpret this. I'm sure it's, it's meaning a lot more than this, but to me, this is what it means. It's like, you know how you can get like all, you know, bent out of shape about something or, you know, irritated by something and, um, you know, and it can be things that are really are a problem, okay? It can be real problems. And I think this happens in church a lot, okay? I'm just gonna bear my little vulnerabilities and be, be vulnerable and bear my soul a little bit here about my own particular things. You know, I can get like all been out of shape when people are constantly late to church and they're not there on time. <laughs> it can just kind of drive me crazy. I can get all been out of shape when people don't put things back where they're supposed to go, right? And like, why could you just put that back? Just put it back. I can get all been out of shape when, you know, people make a big deal out of something little. You know, it just like, drives me crazy. And well, come on, we have to talk about this again. It's not that big of a deal, blah, 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 blah. You know, as if my things that, that bother me are all big and their things are all little, of course. You know, little things like this can get us bent out of shape, okay? But here it's saying, yeah, but, but, but do you have any, any encouragement from being united with Christ? Like, have you found any encouragement in your life at all? From being united? I mean, is it a little thing or is it a big thing? Have you found any comfort from his love? Have you found any common sharing in the spirit? Like, has that really encouraged you? Has anybody ever encouraged you because you have these things in common with the spirit? Have you ever had, have you ever experienced tenderness and compassion? Have you ever experienced that in the church? Hmm. Have you ever experienced any of those little things? Okay, so here's the deal. If you've experienced any of those things in any little way, let those cover up all of the little things. People being late, people not putting things back in the right place, 
oh, people not calling you ahead of time, um, people forgetting to do something, you being out of the loop, um, people, you know, things being wrong on the calendar, things, you know, not going right in your small group, someone saying a little hurtful thing here or there. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? Like, can we take what we've received and just let it cover up all of those little things? Can we do that? Can we? He says, if you can do that, make my joy. If you've received any of these good things, then make it complete. Those things have all brought you joy. The comfort that you've received from God, right? The encouragement from being with people, the, the things that you've received all through the years, all of this comfort and encouragement and tenderness and compassion and love, all this stuff that you've received, all of that, it brings joy, correct? We just talked about all the stuff that brings joy, but it will be incomplete if we're not unified. If we can't be unified above it all, then it will be incomplete. And I have a feeling right now that there's a lot of incomplete joy going on in our hearts and in our churches because it's so darn hard for us to find that joy when we disagree about stuff. <laughs> and I think, guys, we're just going to have to get over it. Honestly, I don't know a better way to say it. I just can't figure out a better way to say it. We're probably never going to agree about some little things. There's going to be people that agree about what they think about masks. There's gonna be people that you disagree with about what they think about vaccines. And you can't say, oh, these people, they're not saved. They're not like the Bible. They're not following Jesus. Not, no, because it's not Jesus stuff. It's not that big a deal. You know, we're not gonna agree about how the country can be fixed, how this United States of America that I love, 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 we are not going to agree about how to fix it. How do you fix the economics? That's why people have disagreements about the right way to go and the right thing to do about this social issue and the right thing to do about this taxing issue and the right thing to do about our government and all of that. We're not going to agree. We are not going to agree about all those things. In fact, even going to fix these things, I believe everybody's trying to fix things because they want it to be right. They want to do, they want to see things done right. They want righteousness to rule. That is the desire of our hearts. I really believe that. It's just that everybody has a different way that they go about doing it, right? They just think this is going to work and you think that's going to work, right? The same thing happens in the church. There's a lot of people right now who are like, man, I really want to help the church because it feels like maybe there's something wrong. I mean, have we been really baptizing people? Is there a lot of people coming to know God? And it doesn't seem right the way this is. It feels like this part has fallen apart over here, you know, somewhat due to some COVID situations and then other situations. And, you know, even sin, even sin getting in there and corrupting things and making things not work. And I'm the worst of them all. I mean, I, I've been a part of all of it. But we look around and we see, we, we diagnose, oh, I think it's this. Well, I think it's that. And we've got a lot of disciples around saying, well, I think the problem is this. Well, I think the problem is that. No, no, it's over here. This is the problem. Oh my goodness, guys. We're not even going to be able to agree about how to fix the problem. <laughs> That's what can happen. So we have to go back and we have to go, no, wait. If I've received any encouragement 
from being united with Christ or comfort from his love or common sharing in the spirit or tenderness and compassion. I'm going to make I'm going to make God's joy complete and I'm going to make my joy complete because it's actually Paul writing this. He's like, oh man, it would just make me feel good. And I know you guys can feel this too. If the church could just be united, if we could all just live in unity by being like-minded, having the same love, right? Isn't that what it says? By make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love and being one in spirit and of one mind. And how do we get there? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. If we were all busy looking to the interest of someone else, we wouldn't have time to be thinking about our own stuff. We wouldn't have time to be worried about what needs our needs are not getting met or our opinions are not being heard or our accommodations are not being made for us. We would be so busy making accommodations for everybody else. It's this. It's just like a marriage, guys. It's just like a marriage, right? I'm so busy meeting Jay's needs that he doesn't have to worry about meeting his own needs. Can he so busy meeting my needs? I don't have to worry about meeting my own needs. That's how a marriage works. He works to meet my needs, I work to meet his needs, and everybody's needs get met by somebody else. That's the church. We are a co-op of people. We are a cooperation, people all cooperating to come together for a single purpose. And sometimes that gets played out in, in reality, in, in tangible ter terms, like coming together for a church service. We come together for a church service. If we want to all worship God together, then we, we all do our part. We go, okay, I'll watch the kids this day, and, and I'll take care of the, the communion this day, and I'll, I'll make sure everybody feels welcomed over here, and oh wait, I'll make sure that the bathrooms are cleaned and taken care of, and you know, I'll, I'll make sure that everything's cleaned up. I'll make sure that everything is set up. I'll make sure that everything is, is, is in the right place. Oh, I'll stand out in the parking lot and I'll welcome people. We all cooperate. We all work together in unity and it makes our joy complete. Can you imagine if the church was doing this? Can you imagine? You know, I know why people don't want to come to church because that's not what they see. That's not what they see. Sometimes when they walk in, they can feel a yuckiness, a bitterness. They feel it. Because our unity doesn't reign supreme. But when we are able to overlook all this stuff, and when we are able to be interested, more interested in somebody else's needs than ourselves, than our own, we will shine like stars. That's what it's getting ready to say later on. After it talks about how, you know, becoming like Jesus, that we should have the same attitude as Christ, who being a very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confessed in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory and praise of the Father. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that great? Just to hear that again. Then it goes into do everything without grumbling or complaining right? Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Take this literally, Literally, you know, the whole world is so worried about what parts of the Bible you take literally. What about this sexual sin? And what about this little thing over here? And the head coverings and the, the all of this stuff, right? They want to figure out what's, what's figurative, what's literal. Take this literally. Take it literally. Rarely does someone say, should we take it literally that we should love one another and be unified with the rest of the church? Uh, I don't think we take those words literally. Take it literally. When we do everything. Take it literally. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Stop grumbling. Grumbling is what you do inside. Arguing is when it comes out your mouth. Stop grumbling in your heart. May the, med may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart bring you praise. You would be amazed at what you can change just by stopping the grumbling from the inside. You, it will not overflow out of your mouth into an argument. You want to stop argument? You want to start arguing? Stop arguing? Stop grumbling first. Stop grumbling. Stop complaining in your heart. Then you'll be blameless and pure. Okay, right? And then you will shine like a star. You know, above Jesus in the manger, what was there? A star. That's how people knew where Jesus was, because the star was lighting the way to Jesus. We are the star of David. We are the star in the sky. We are the ones in a warped and crooked generation shining like a beacon of light to Jesus Christ. Be the star of Bethlehem. Shine like stars by becoming perfectly united in mind and thought. Make my joy complete. This is how we complete our joy, through perfect unity. And man, I hope that this not, I hope this changes you. I hope that this changes something about you so that we can see this happen in our church today, 2021. And I just want to say I have enjoyed going through the week of joy with you. I can't wait till next week when we talk about love. I love you guys. See you next time.